This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I appreciate that Calvin Ridley not only wrote, but spoke up and took accountability for his own actions. He wasn't blaming anyone else, and he was open and candid about his frustration, his anxiety, his depression, his mental health, but also his physical health and the fact that he was playing through injury and then football was gone and it was painful and he went down this deep, dark hole. It's something that so many humans can relate to, uh, especially when you're talking about a person whose entire identity and life has been wrapped up in a vocation. Whether it's a sport, whether it's broadcasting, whether it's something else, uh, it can be anxiety-inducing to not know what comes next, to not know when you're going to be able to play again, and to lose what has been your foundation, to have it pulled out from underneath you. I certainly understand that. Uh, I've never been depressed myself, but I certainly have bouts where my mind is racing anxiously and I have to take deep breaths and I have to remember all the reasons I have to be thankful. I have to remember you know, what I believe about myself and my family, uh, what I believe about faith. All of those things help me stop the spirals so that I don't stay in a place of anxiety, but I know it's not easy. Uh, it, it is stressful when you don't know the next move or you don't know what happens from this point forward or when what you most closely identified with, uh, whether it's a person, a job, a career, whatever it is, when it's removed, it's taken away from you. And very often professional athletes will say that. Actually, not just professional athletes, athletes at any level. When they get hurt, uh, they've never been hurt before. They'll say, I have a different perspective after I'm forced to watch. Now, in Calvin Ridley's case, he made a terrible choice, made a terrible decision. He admits it. I effed up. That's what he said. And so he is being accountable and now gets a second chance, which I also love about our society. Our society is one of second chances, sometimes third and fourth and fifth chances too. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Some of the big storylines, KD gets hurt in pregame warmups, does not make his home debut with the Phoenix Suns, though they end up winning handily without him, thanks to Devin Booker. The Dallas Mavericks lose in more ways than one. They actually allow C.J. McCollum to torch them for 32 points, and they lose Luke.
Luka Doncic early in the third quarter. Now, this was the second game of back-to-backs, and he's been dealing with thigh pain, a thigh strain, some type of a muscle problem. Uh, it's not getting better, and it's it's been something he's dealing with, but on the second night of a back-to-back, he just didn't have it. So it's become more of a problem for him. Uh, big wins for the Celtics and Cavaliers, a rare home loss for the Nuggets. We're going to hear from Syracuse icon Jim Beheim, who is no longer the head coach at his alma mater after 47 years and a stunning finish to the Orange and their hopeful run at the ACC tournament. Not even sure you can call it a run. Also, Brandon Miller speaks out for the first time. The Alabama superstar who did take the gun to the area of Tuscaloosa that's known as the Strip where a young woman was shot with that very gun. He has been allowed to play. He has continued on with the Crimson Tide despite criticism as well as uh, fan derision when they're on the road. It's been a spotlight that he didn't want and that Alabama never anticipated, uh, but it has happened. And now as one of the top teams in the country, they're getting set for March madness. So Brandon Miller speaking out for the first time because the team couldn't keep him hidden anymore. And we're going to hear from him in the NFL. We're asking you after Aaron Rodgers makes his decision. What's the next best option at quarterback and keeping in mind here, that Lamar Jackson is available if you want to give him a fully guaranteed contract and cough up two first-round picks. I understand what people are saying about it. It must be collusion is the thought of some people. I couldn't disagree more. A, not every team needs a quarterback. B, I think it's bad business to give any player a fully guaranteed deal in a violent sport like the one uh, that we see week in and week out in the NFL. Plus, he's a quarterback who spends a lot of time running. He gets hit a bunch. He's coming off two injuries. I'm not saying he isn't deserving of a contract, but I don't know that it's good business. I don't think it's good business to give a quarterback who plays the position, the way that he does a fully guaranteed deal. I don't think it's good business for Cleveland either. So whether or not you believe it's collusion right now, Lamar Jackson is available, but if he sticks to his guns about wanting a fully guaranteed deal, not every team can do that either. So there uh, is some debate there, which we can definitely engage in willing to hear what you have to say, but behind Aaron Rodgers, who may or may not end up with the, New York Jets, what a just a weird and wacky irony, uh, considering Brett Favre's exit from Green Bay. After Aaron Rodgers, who would be the next best QB available? On Twitter, A-Law Radio, or our show Twitter, After Hours CBS, or you can find us on Facebook, named after the show. Our phone number, 855-212-4227. That's 855-212-4CBS. Mike Garofalo is a reporter for the NFL Network, gives us the latest on not just Aaron Rodgers, but on Green Bay's perspective. The fact that the Packers are letting Aaron Rodgers talk to other teams pretty much tells you that they're okay with him moving on. It's not a situation like, well, you're going to have to give us an offer that we can't refuse. No, it's going to be something where let's get as fair of compensation as we can to just move on and turn this thing over to Jordan Love in Green Bay. Uh, and the Jets have already had co- uh, communication with the Packers even before Rodgers uh, said that he would like to speak to the Jets. So that surely has come up along the way. I don't think there's going to be 
uh, enough roadblocks along the way to stop this thing if Rodgers decides that that's where he wants to be. So that does speak volumes that the Packers were willing to let Aaron Rodgers speak to another team. But I think it's smart for them. If you consider their quarterback situation, I know that Rodgers is a better quarterback than Jordan Love in every metric possible. Mostly because we don't know what Jordan Love is. But that's the point, right? The Packers need to figure out what he is or they aren't going to know if they can give him another deal. He is a first-round draft pick. They moved up to get him, but they've never seen him as the full-time starter. Uh, So very similar to the situation they were in when they wanted to make the move to Aaron Rodgers. They believed in him. Uh, I can't tell you Jordan Love's going to be an elite quarterback, but you got to give him a chance because otherwise you don't know what to do when his fifth-year option comes up. So as a first-round draft pick, there is a fifth-year option for him It's expensive, but not as expensive as it would be to give him a a big deal, meaning a free agent deal. And also, if you don't pick up his fifth-year option, he becomes a free agent, then you lose him for nothing after you spent a first-round draft pick and you moved up to get him. So they've got to figure out what he is. It it makes perfect sense to me. But at the same time, if you want to win right now, then I, I still say Aaron Rodgers is the better option there. He may decide he doesn't want to be there anymore either. It just, we don't know. But at this point, they're considering all their options. So once we have the Rodgers decision, who's next best available? Uh, Got this tweet from, it looks like, from Cleveland. And the response is, it's Lamar. Heck, in some ways, Lamar is a better option than Aaron Rodgers. Yes, for sure. I mean, I said the same thing about Derek Carr. Not in terms of football, but in terms of how long you could have him, but also in terms of his cost, right? Because Aaron is over $50 million per year. That's a hefty price tag. Not every team can afford that. But the Jets have a ton of, of room under their salary cap, so it's huge for them. Kelly writes in and says Jimmy Garoppolo is the next best option available once the Aaron Rodgers decision is made. So those are two responses that we've got on Twitter. And then you can also weigh in on our Facebook page. So we'll get back to that. We're going to hear from Daniel Jones as well as Joe Shane, the general manager who finally was able to close the deal with Jones right before the franchise tag deadline. What does that mean for Saquon Barkley again? So that's coming up about a half hour from now, 30 minutes from now in our edition of QB News. That will include David Carr, by the way, speaking a little bit about Derek Carr uh, and his exit from the Raiders and why things played out the way that they did. I love that he is he's willing to stump for his brother, to stick up for his brother. I would have a really hard time. I don't care what people say about me, but I would have a really hard time watching a family member, my brother specifically, get treated poorly or in a way that I thought was unfairly. Um, it, it would be hard for me to keep quiet. I, I understand how difficult it is for wives, girlfriends, brothers, moms, dads to keep quiet when they feel like their relative professional athlete is getting pooped on because I, I would have to delete my social media and get rid of my phone. I'm but just pissed off. I would never be able to stay quiet if it came to my brother. Th- th- there's no way. Or my nieces. Oh, my gosh. Like I said, it doesn't matter what you say about me, but I would have a really hard time if it came to my my loved ones, my relatives. So I get it. 
I just say put down your phone, give it to someone else, don't have social media, so that way you don't see it necessarily, you don't hear it. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. All right, Producer Jay, what do you think? Should we hear from Draymond Green uh, about the Memphis Grizzlies? And actually, we probably could do that, or I I feel like if we're going to do that, maybe we should tack on Steve Ballmer and the new feature at the Clippers brand new arena. You think we should do those here? Okay, so let's do that. Uh, Just piggybacking off what I was talking about with Calvin Ridley, uh, I'm impressed that he did take accountability and ownership of the poor decision. And whether or not you think he was made a sacrificial lamb, he was made an example, and a one-year suspension for a $1,500 uh, bet or series of bets is too much, that's a different debate. He knew the rules, and he's taking accountability for breaking them. So good for him. He's standing up and he's being a man, and this to me tells me he is maturing, and there's less of a chance that he's going to make this mistake again. Will we get the same transformation, the same growth, the same maturity in the case of Ja Morant? That is a big question, right? So what we do know is that the Colorado police, Glendale specifically, will not be charging Ja with any criminal crimes. That sounds dumb. Uh, Criminal crimes are criminal All right, let's try that again. They will not be charging him with any crimes (laughs) after his Instagram live video from inside a nightclub in which he appeared to be waving a gun. So that comes Wednesday afternoon. And I understand why it would be almost impossible to A, prove it was his gun, B, prove that he was intoxicated while he was waving the gun so that the... The, the rules, the laws in Colorado don't really allow for what would be an open and shut case. Okay, fine. That doesn't take away from the NBA's investigation, nor does it take away from what the Grizzlies have to do uh, in, in terms of their due, their due diligence. So we know the NBA rules prohibit a player from possessing a firearm while on team property or traveling on team business. Those rules and those guidelines, they stand regardless of whether he's getting charged with a crime. And now moving forward, he will miss four more games. So originally it was two games. Ja later said on on social media that he will get help while he's away from the team. And this is his quote, I want to work on learning better methods of dealing with stress and my overall well-being. All right. But it's at least another four games. And I suspect it's because the NBA is investigating along with the Grizzlies. So in the meantime, as we talked about with Eric Hasseltine on last night's show, the Grizzlies are sliding backward in the NBA's Western Conference. They are tied now with Sacramento in that 2-3 spot in the West, and they've lost three in a row. Draymond Green has a unique theory about who's to blame. Now, remember, Dylan Brooks, I mean, he he gets into his fair share of scrumbles. Uh, he does like to jaw. But also, he's received the requisite number of technicals for a one-game vacation from the NBA. So he just returned from... Uh, a suspension, not a vacation really, but he just returned from a suspension because he amassed too many technical fouls. And Draymond Green, you know how he is. Uh, He does not back down from a fight, and he always tends to fight his battles publicly. This is Dre on the volume, and actually he blames Dylan Brooks for the reason the the Grizzlies aren't able to win anything. This idiot said, I don't know what Draymond does out there. He said, I don't like Draymond at all. You don't know me. I just don't like Golden State. I quite frankly wouldn't like a team that beats me all the time either. 
I don't like anything to do with them. Quite frankly, you you were a little kid in high school watching us win championships. Should be happy that you even witnessed that. Mm. Maybe college, but you get the point. You're a fan. Draymond talks a lot. You talk a lot now. So if you have four rings, sure, you talk a lot more. For All-Stars, you probably talk a bit more. Defensive player of the year, you for damn sure would talk more. <laughs> Two Olympic gold medals, you definitely would be talking because that would mean you, you beat Team USA. And we all know how that goes. So gets away with a lot, too. What exactly do I get away with? I have 15 texts, one less than your dumb ass. Okay, great. His game is cool. If you ever wondered why the Memphis Grizzlies is not ready to compete for a championship, look no further than this idiot right here. They're actually depending on this guy to help them win a championship. And he says his game is cool. Quite frankly, that just shows how little you know about basketball. Next time you speak up on me, I hope you're in a better situation than you in now, where the guys you play with actually enjoy playing with you because they actually think you're contributing to winning. Because it ain't happening right now, champ. <laughs> ah, you're not a champ. You're a clown. Seriously? What? I'm just telling you, Trey never misses an opportunity to turn the screws. No never. disrespect. Yeah, right. He totally met all kinds of disrespect to Dylan Brooks. He's like, <laughs> champ. Oh, wait a minute. You're not a champ. Shut up. You're a clown. All right. We need to save that for Hall of Flame. We're going to do a Hall of Flame induction in March, as well as we're going to count down to our next Chubby Bunny championship. But we'll get to that some other night. Holy cow. He, did, yeah. He and Charles Barkley, there's a reason why they go back and forth because neither of them wants to back down. But. You a clown. Ooh, you a clown. I want to call someone a clown. Who could I call a clown? Jay, you a clown. A little insulting, but oh, all right. whatever. I called Jay sketchy once, and he nearly hung up on me. <laughs> That's true. It's not. It, no, you took it completely the wrong way. Mm. Also, it, you were being sketchy. No, we're not going back to this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. You were being like Del Dylan Brooks and being a little sketchy. Okay, so then that leads us into Steve Ballmer, who's not sketchy, but he is exuberant about a brand new feature in the Clippers arena that is under construction. Toilets! 1,160 <laughs> toilets and urinals. Three times the NBA average number of toilets and urinals. We do not want people waiting in line. We want them to get back to their damn seats uh, at the end of the half before the game. <laughs> what would you rather listen to? Draymond Green lighting up Dylan Brooks or Steve Ballmer screaming about toilets? Toilets! Toilets. What would you rather listen to? I know you do love potty humor. You made me play that Aaron Rodgers cut last week. I still have it. I don't care. That is not important to me. Never coming back. Well, it might be in the Hall of Flame. It might end up in the Hall of Flame. So I don't know. You didn't. You didn't tell me what is. The, what would you rather listen to? Steve per Ballmer mm. screaming about toilets. No, nah, personally, probably Draymond. Draymond taking yeah. aim. Yeah. Are you just glad aim. he's not taking aim at you? I suppose. Yeah, I wouldn't want any of that smoke with Draymond. That's all right. <laughs> you can have smoke. it. Smoke. I wouldn't want any of that shade. I thought it was shade. I'm not cool, admittedly, but. Shade. I guess he was showing, throwing shade at Dylan Brooks. Yeah. Hmm. But you know, yeah. You know what Draymond is not? Hmm. Can you say the word? <laughs> Go ahead. Try it. 
What word? The word that we couldn't say yesterday. I want you to. <laughs> okay, I got you. <laughs> All right, let's give this a shot. You ready? Diminutive. Go. There you go. Right. Diminutive. All right, all right. <laughs> Draymond is not diminutive. He's the antithesis of diminutive. It's an antonym for Draymond, diminutive. He's the antonym. Uh, he's the antonym for diminutive. I just want to keep saying it so people know that you and I have now mastered diminutive. That, would, would you say that you are diminutive? No, I don't know. I don't think so. No? No. Well, I, you don't even need to ask about me because I already know I'm not. <laughs> I'm the opposite of diminutive as well. I'm just thinking now that the antonym is like a pretty good nickname for Draymond. The antonym? The antonym. For everything? He's just, just the antonym. He's the antonym now. He's just the opposite. The contrarian. Yeah. Funny. All right, what are we going to do next? Oh, we're going to hear from actually two head two headliners in college basketball. Even as the March Madness bracket gets filled out with some automatic bids, uh, we had one longtime coach steal the show in a loss, as well as Brandon Miller speaking out for the first time since everything happened on the Alabama or near the Alabama campus with a young woman losing her life. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Forest. They got to go with five. Down to four. Tyree Appleby with three. Appleby left wing. Williamson at the buzzer. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Got it with point two to go. Williamson puts the digs on top 77-74. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. The call on 3304 Sports as Wake Forest guard Davian Williamson crushes the game-winning three with a half a second left to stun Syracuse and eliminate the Orange from the ACC tournament as Wake Forest wins its first ACC tournament game since 2017. Uh, so this is the way that Jim Beheim goes out. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Kind of awkward, actually, because the statement 
came hours after Syracuse has this unceremonious, heartbreaking exit from the tournament. And so even as Jim Beheim is talking about how the decision around his future as head coach will be up to the university, Syracuse releases a statement indicating that he is no longer the coach and Adrian Autry, a longtime staff member, a longtime assistant to Jim, he's taking over. So yeah, the the statement was odd. It didn't mention retirement. And I don't know that the timing was mutual, though Jim Beheim probably recognized it was coming since his sons had graduated. There was no way Syracuse was going to force him out when his sons were still playing basketball. That would have been cruel after everything he gave to the university for over 50 years as a player and assistant and then the head coach that won a national championship, went to multiple Final Fours, has had the team in the tournament. The majority of the the years that he coached, 1,000-plus victories. There was no way they were going to force him out with his sons on the roster. But it was quick after this loss. The timing, it was a little bit, I say it was a little bit surprising. So Autry played for Bayheim, and according to different college basketball sources, no one really knew when this announcement would come or when this decision would be made, but it was it was quick following the loss to Wake Forest in, I think they're playing in Greensboro. It's after hours on CBS Sports Radio, 47 years as the head coach, extremely decorated, second to only Coach Krzyzewski, Coach K, uh, in terms of wins, and that's after they vacated 101 wins because of NCAA violations. I've been very lucky to, to be able to coach my college team uh, to play and then be an assistant coach and then a head coach and never having to leave Syracuse. It's a great university. The city has embraced our team. Uh, I am amazed that we've been able to draw the fans that we've been able to draw over the years. I've been just so lucky to be able to coach at Syracuse place I love, a place I love to live. People keep wondering about that, but maybe that's a flaw I have. But I've lived in Syracuse my whole life, and I'll live there hopefully a long time. Mm, he is synonymous with Syracuse. You cannot think about Syracuse University, anybody who is 50 years old or younger, without thinking about Jim Beheim. As a Syracuse graduate, as a now adjunct professor at Syracuse, it is nearly impossible for me to imagine Syracuse basketball without him. Now, Adrian Autry had been tabbed as the successor for years. We just didn't know when. And so, I, I, as I say, I love that he was able to coach his sons. There was no way the school was going to end his tenure while his sons were on the roster. That would have been cruel and heartless after everything he meant to the school. Their national title in 2003 came on my birthday. It was unforgettable. Maybe the best birthday I've ever had. 35 NCAA tournaments, 
five Final Fours, including the one that I attended, the only Final Four I've ever attended in person in Houston going back to 2017. So yet another memorable moment for me. Syracuse was not supposed to be there and got crushed in the national semifinals by North Carolina. I think it was North Carolina. But still, it was amazing to be part of his last Final Four. 58 official NCAA tournament wins, which ranks fourth all time. But it's not just about the numbers and the winning. It's about the personality. It's about the character. It's about him being the most recognizable figure who ever walked on campus or probably ever will. I've been just unbelievably fortunate to be able to keep this job. I mean, Mike Brace thrilled that he was at Notre Dame 23 years. He's a puppy. You know, I've had 47 years. I got to coach my sons. I've just been lucky to be able to coach this long. I, I think you missed it. I gave my retirement speech on the court last Saturday, and I gave it in the press conference afterwards, and nobody except William, William Payne figured it out. So according to him, on senior day, which was their last home game before this ACC tournament, he let everybody know that that this could be happening, and that was his retirement speech. I mean, he was born in central New York, not that far from Syracuse. He enrolled in 1962, again, predating many of us in terms of our lives on this planet. He was a walk-on, but became a captain of a team that was then called the Orangemen. You may remember the name Dave Bing, a Hall of Famer. In 1969, he was hired as a graduate assistant with the basketball team. And then in 1976, he took over as head coach. And like Mike Krzyzewski, like... I mean, you think John Wooden and UCLA, like even Roy Williams in North Carolina, though there were other iconic coaches there before him. These are coaches who are not only the faces of their teams and the sports programs, the sports departments, the sports uh, in general, but also really the, the face of their schools. They've been responsible not just for recruiting athletes, but for the admissions skyrocketing and, and enrollment increasing. The money that these coaches have meant for their schools is astronomical. So uh, I'll miss him. I can't imagine Syracuse without him. I've had two encounters with him. One, I got to call a women's basketball game at what was then the Carrier Dome a few years ago, and I ran into him as I was walking into the arena, and it was it was really cool to just get a hello and a smile. And then also uh, one time on my previous network, we had him on the show, one of the shows that I was hosting, and I'm not kidding, I stuttered because it was such a cool thing <laughs> to be able to uh, be there as, well, to be there and be part of an interview with someone that I admired for so long. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Syracuse may end up in postseason play. I don't think it'll be the NCAA tournament. I don't know if Autry will take over, if they would get into the NIT. I'm not really sure. Uh, right now, they're sitting at 17 and 15. No doubts about Alabama getting into the NCAA tournament as a top five team in the country, briefly at number one. Brandon Miller, we've not heard from him since everything played out uh, last month where the revelations came in a court hearing that he was the one who drove the gun to the strip in Tuscaloosa, the gun that belonged to his former teammate Darius Miles, who texted him and said, bring me my gun. 
Miles got in the back of the car with a friend of his, handed that gun to his friend who was not associated with the team, and then his friend shot a young woman who was sitting in a car because she reportedly rebuffed their attempts to hit on her. She was with her boyfriend, and she wasn't receptive to their attempts to hit on her. They were intoxicated out of their minds, and that young woman died. She was a mom at 23, and she died. Brayden Miller was not charged with any crimes. According to the local police, there was nothing they could charge him with. And so he's been playing. He's been out there. He's been hearing it from fans in other places, also hearing the criticisms uh, around the country. And so he's finally answering questions, though not giving a whole lot of detail. We had a chance. I feel like we just really lean on each other just to um, go to places like that and just try to pull out tough wins. Brandon, uh, just in the past you know month or so, there's been just just criticism. Um, the fact that you haven't sat any games, um, how would you respond uh, to that? Uh, again, I just lean on my teammates, and you know we just go places to get wins. He did earlier seem to show a little bit of emotion. So earlier in those comments, um, as he was speaking for the first time, so the university has kept him hidden, essentially not wanting him to speak out. And that part I can understand, because this has been a PR nightmare for Alabama, the way that Nate Oates made his comments in the whole uh, pregame ceremony, which uh, may have been going on all season, in which he appears as though he's getting patted down. Now, they said it was a TSA type of demonstration uh, to take flight, but it, it looked icky. Uh, And so the whole thing has been kind of messy the way that Alabama has handled it, not to mention, of course, uh, that we haven't heard from Brandon Miller until yesterday. I never lose sight of the fact um, the family has lost one of their um, loved ones that night. Um, This whole situation is just uh, really heartbreaking. Uh, But respectfully, uh, I saw him going to be able to say about on that. I can certainly understand why he can't say anything else. And I'm sure it's extremely awkward for him. However, like I said, the whole thing has been of a PR disaster uh, from from the way the school has handled it, and the administration to Nate Oates and Brandon not being allowed to speak until now. I would agree with him that it's heartbreaking. And I would say that he's fairly fortunate that he's not been charged with anything since he's the one that brought the gun there. And I hope, I hope there is some big part of him who regrets, we may never hear it, but who regrets that he showed up there that night, knowing that his teammate, his former teammate was drunk. What good can come of bringing the guy his gun? I I don't know. Um, I know he was Darius's ride that night, but I wish he had gone home. I just wish he had made a different decision. I'm not saying it's his fault, but the gun wouldn't have been there if he had not transported it. And we'll never know if he knew the gun was in the car or if he didn't. Uh, But he certainly got a text message from his teammate demanding the gun be brought to the site and be brought loaded, which, in fact, it was. I just wish different decisions had been made. But Alabama wants to win in the tournament, right? And so he continues to play. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. You are listening to... 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. The After Hours Podcast. Hurry back to throw. And it is. Is it caught? Oh my goodness, it's caught. DeAndre Hopkins caught it. Back from under center. Steps back. Throws the fade. Cooper Cup's got it. Touchdown LA. Burrow back to throw. Looking. Firing deep for Chase in the end zone. Oh, He's yeah. got it. Yes. Touchdown. Yes. Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Mahomes fires for the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. Kansas City! And off to Eckler again. No, Herbert keeps it. End zone touchdown! Chargers! Herbert with his second of the day. Here's the snap. Josh going to keep it himself and run it again inside the five. Into the end zone. Touchdown, Buffalo! Josh Allen, nine-yard touchdown run. The Bills respond and then some. It's time for QB News on After Hours. We're going to jump right into it so we can cram in as much as possible. He's a familiar face, but he's now christened as the franchise quarterback of the New York Giants. As Daniel Jones and the GM Joe Shane, they avoid having to use the franchise tag because they give him the four years, $160 million. And yes, Jones knew all along, as did Shane, that avoiding the tag, getting the deal done was the goal. It's better for the team. Um, you know, it gives us, you know, a little more flex flexibility and, and, uh, you know, that's a important component to it and wanted to be here, wanted to find a way to work it out. So it was good for both sides and it, it worked and it allowed us to, you know, have an opportunity to, to do what's best for us going forward. So I think that was a key component to it. I think, I think we did that. The upside, I got a lot of belief in our staff and Daniel's work ethic and their relationship that, you know, we'll continue to grow and Daniel can get to the better. If, if he's just at his floor right now, I'm really excited about what his ceiling is going to be. <laughs> Definitely one year with Brian Dayball worked wonders, not just for Daniel Jones, but for the rest of the offense. How about the O-line? How about Saquon Barkley? As long as he's healthy, he is a huge piece. But the team as a whole, it's a different culture. It's a winning attitude. That's why Dayball helped to get the Giants to the playoffs in the NFC Beast, and that's why he won Coach of the Year. It's not just about Daniel Jones, but boy, the confidence they have in their quarterback to give him this kind of money, it's huge. Now, the the reports out there were that he wanted $45 million per year. Is that true? There was plenty of numbers thrown out and, and, uh, some may have been true. Some may not have been true. So it's a negotiation. That's, you know, part of it. I'm glad with, with where we ended up and, and I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited about it. Excited for the opportunity. I think it's a, it's a great deal for both sides and allows us, um, you know, to, to do some things going forward and, and uh, continue to, to grow and improve. And most importantly, the Giants were then able to use the franchise tag. I shouldn't say most importantly, as importantly, they could use the tag on Saquon Barkley, their star running back, and Joe Shane wants to get a deal done with him too. We've had deals out, um, you know, whether it's the bye week or recently, and we're going to continue to negotiate. You know, we love Saquon. He's a good teammate. He's a captain. He's a hell of a player. So, you know, right now he's under the franchise tag. And, you know, as we we build the team and, you know, continue with our offseason plan, 
you know, we'll, we'll do what's best for the team. And, you know, we're still mapping that out. Giants are set in the NFC East. Now we'll see what happens with the Philadelphia Eagles, who do need to extend Jalen Hurts after his career best performance in the Super Bowl. It's after hours on CBS Sports Radio. Derek Carr is now a member of the New Orleans Saints. If you missed my conversation with Ross Jackson from the Crescent City, great stuff about why they wanted Derek Carr, why he was the object of their desire. It's part of our podcast from earlier in the show. Derek's brother, David Carr, is not ready to let go what happened with the Raiders. He is so glad that the Raiders got nothing in return for Derek. In other words, Derek Carr would not waive his no-trade clause so that the Raiders could trade him to New Orleans and get something in return. David says, heck no, after how they treated him. He wants to go to a fully loaded football team, or as close to loaded as you can to try to achieve what everybody sets out their season to try to achieve and win the Super Bowl, right? So why would I give up picks to the team I just left if I don't have to? <laughs> so the trade thing was, it was really never going to happen. Like, it didn't matter what they offered, right? Even though Derek will probably tell you that he would have been open to it, I probably wouldn't have let him be open to it. <laughs> That's big brother David Carr, former NFL QB himself on the Harvester Sports Podcast. He also says that Derek couldn't make any headway with Josh McDaniels and that this new group there in Vegas wouldn't listen to any of his requests as the elder statesman and the starting QB for almost a decade. I think everybody, even Raider fans, would be like, need a right tackle, right? Mm-hmm. I remember talking to Dave Ziegler, right? Yeah. In OTAs. Got to get a right tackle, right? Never got a right tackle. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, we talked about some right tackles. Talked about a right tackle that happens to play for the Saints right now. Mm-hmm. He was one of the guys that I talked to them about, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're going to try and get him. They didn't get him. He's in New Orleans. Where do you think Derek goes? So Derek Carr gets the deal with New Orleans. He's got the pre-existing relationship with Dennis Allen, who made him the rookie with the Raiders going back to 2014. And we talked to Ross Jackson about their other options. So uncertainty around Michael Thomas, uncertainty around Alvin Kamara. But what a rookie season for Chris Olave and Rashid, Rashid Shahid. He also was a breakout as an undrafted free agent. So there's a lot of optimism there now that they've got Derek and can look for uh, other ways to boost the team. All right. One more here. Uh, Do we have time for it if we get to it quickly? Okay. Mike Tannenbaum, former NFL general manager about Lamar and the Ravens with the non-exclusive franchise tag. They're protecting, you know, a great player from leaving. 26-year-old former MVP from the Ravens side. Look, he's a great player. Reportedly, over the last year, they made substantial amounts of offers, none of which were fully guaranteed. There's one deal that has fully guaranteed money. Deshaun Watson went to the Cleveland Browns for $230 million. Lamar Jackson's a great player, as we said, league MVP. But over the last two years, he's missed 11 games. I'm sure the Ravens took that into account when they made their last and final offer. From Lamar Jackson's standpoint now, a couple of things. I don't think he will be... Um, miss a paycheck by the time the the regular season begins. It's $1,770,000 per week. That's $32 million divided by 18. With that said, he has immense leverage, and here's why. He's the franchise quarterback. The Ravens just went out and acquired Todd Munkin to be their offensive coordinator. When you're trying to install a new offense from OTAs, minicamps, and obviously training camp, Jade, you want to have your starting quarterback the entire team is going to know it's a complete waste of time if Lamar Jackson's not there. So 
that to me is really interesting in terms of does that make the Ravens get even further outside their comfort zone because of Todd Munkin's new offense being installed? Yeah, it's a tough transition. We know this. Quarterbacks uh, having to learn a new system and a new voice. But what if you're changing the voice and the system and you're changing the quarterback? Oh, hey, that sounds a lot more like what losing teams do. What do I tell you? Constant change equals constant losing. I still say that the Ravens end up with Lamar Jackson playing for them this season, but we'll see. It's After Hours on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.